0: Selling physical products like this is not the best way to make money on Amazon in 2021. And I get it. All you hear about when it comes to making money on Amazon is selling physical products. So. You- I know. Yes. Well, see, now I'm right on time after all that. (laughs) Welcome, church. Please stand with us.
1: Just one word, the darkness has to retreat.
2: Good morning, Bridgepoint. Good morning, Pastor John. <laughs> You may be seated. Oh, wow. <laughs> I didn't see that coming. I feel like a teacher in the first day of school. I write my name on the board. It's good to see you all here, good to have you here. Congratulations to Slava, who's married off his daughter yesterday. Beautiful woman and um, you should have seen this place. The the reception was here. Those people went nuts. It was absolutely stunning and what an honor for us to be able to host host that for Slava and his family. God bless you guys. All right, a couple of things. First of all, if you're visiting with us today, welcome to Bridgepoint. We're a little low-key around here in case you haven't already noticed. And uh, we love the Lord with all our hearts, and we're glad that you're here to uh, worship with us. So let's worship the Lord together. But if you're visiting today, there's a Connection Point card in the uh, seat right in front of you. And if you'll grab one of those cards and fill it out and put it in the offering baskets on your way out today. That's just our way of um, getting to know you a little bit and to know who you are and to say thank you for worshiping with us today. So please take the time to fill that out. Also, a couple of announcements. Over against that wall and up here, there are 600 Operation Christmas Child boxes. (laughs) All packed and ready to go. All we need to do is raise $5,400 to ship them. So that's on us as a church, and we're going to do it. So please give generously, give as much as you can. Let's make sure these things get to where they belong all over the world, that people will not only be blessed by the gift, but um, get to meet Jesus firsthand. That's what it's all about. So please give generously uh, into that offering. Also, this Saturday is Yard Cleanup Day. That's really sad, people. <laughs> this Saturday is yard cleanup day. All hands on deck. Come bring your yake, your rakes and everything else for your yard and help us clean up our yard because it is our yard. This is our property. We own it, and so you own it. So let's, uh, let's take care of it like we do at home or better. Better would be probably the right way to do that. Also, Boundary Small Group starts this Wednesday, and I'm going to mention them again in my sermon because this is really an important topic, and if you're not signed up for that, you can see Scott, or they can just see Scott. He's the guy, he's the taller guy in the back there with the Packer shirt on. All right, go Jordan Love. All right, fifth and fifth grade does meet today, fifth and sixth grade does meet today, so all the kids will be dismissed later in the service. Take a deep breath, and let's bless the Lord together, amen?
3: Cupcakes. Cupcakes.
2: Cupcakes are for the Operation Christmas Child. And buy as many as you can and give them to your neighbors. What a great way to say, hey, we love you, and this is from our church. Take them to your neighbors and tell them about Jesus. What a great opportunity. Also, you can eat a bunch, too. Just a thought.
0: (laughs) Yes, I am not a cupcake person in general, but every year, these are so good. They're extremely decadent. This, almost the most delicious thing I've tasted in my life. They're so good. <laughs> yeah.
1: Hey.
0: <laughs> All right, stand with us, please.
2: mind let's go to the lord in prayer if you feel comfortable i want you to take the hand of the person next to you today and just pray for them we have a report we've had almost a dozen people in the last two weeks that have had covid and two of them ended up in the hospital both of them are home now in fact one of them's here where is he joe we're so proud that uh, the lord saved his life and kept him here. Thank You, Lord, because it was a rough battle. We're going to ask God to protect us, keep us safe, and overcome the fears of this world by trusting in Him. Let's pray together. Father, we thank You for Your amazing presence in this place and in our lives. We're here today because You rescued us. You found us in this sea of sin and discouragement, trouble, hopelessness, No joy left. And you pulled us up and you set our feet on solid ground. We stand on the rock that is our Christ, our Savior, and our Redeemer. We're no longer slaves to fear. We no longer walk in discouragement. We trust in you. You've brought us this far. One day at a time, we've trusted you along the way. And here we are today still worshiping, still loving, still singing to the top of our lungs that we're no longer slaves to fear, but we're children of the living God. So thank you, Lord, for redeeming us. Thank you, Lord, for hearing our prayers. Thank you, Lord, for finding us when we were lost. Thank you, Lord, for rescuing us. Thank you, Lord, for giving us a solid place to stand. Thank you, Lord, for being the Lord, the Lord of all, the Lord of glory, the great I am. We give you all the praise for all that you've done, for all that you're doing, and we're excited about tomorrow because we know you're there already waiting for us to arrive. We trust you, we hope in you, and we bless your name together. In Jesus' name we pray, and all God's children said, amen. Amen. You may be seated. We're going to dismiss the children to their classes, 5th and 6th grade meets today, so head on down, have a great time, behave yourselves. They get to color. We should hand out coloring things so you can like, fill in the message as you go. One more song before we go to the Lord and uh, in His Word. Open up your hearts. Ask God to give you understanding, to open up your mind and your heart to the Word of God today. Because it's contrary to everything the world has to offer. So we have to change our hearts and change our minds to listen in. And hear what God has to say to us. So let's take that seriously today as we bless the Lord one more time. When songs are done extremely well, like that one. One is Total Silence. The other one is Standing Ovation. That was beautiful. Thank you. I thought I heard James Blackwood out there for a minute. What's that, Paul? Are you the tenor? Holy cow, buddy. Good job. Are you ready? This is week four of Created Four Why God Put Us Here, Why We're Here, and How We Can Connect to Him Better. Um, just kind of an update, we're going into the holiday season. In fact, the last Sunday of this month we start Advent. And then the week before that is Thanksgiving, so I'll be preaching a Thanksgiving message. So I have one more of these and I've got to squeeze a lot in. So are you hanging in there? I'm trying not to go too long, but I'm going to take as much time as God says is okay. And he gives me a lot of slack, just so you know. All right. Genesis 1 verses 1 and 2, in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless and empty, darkness was over the surface of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering hovering over the waters. Then God said, 'Let let us make mankind in our image and our likeness, so that he may rule over the fish of the sea and the birds in the sky, over the livestock and all the wild animals, and over all the creatures that move along the ground." So God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. That sounds almost redundant, doesn't it? In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. And it's not. There are two very explicit points in that, in those two sentences. The first is that we are created in the image of God. That means that God's reflective glory on this earth is you. You ever think about that? You ever look in the mirror and not go, <gasps> and instead go, glory of God. Whoa. Because I look in the mirror and go, <gasps> how did I get so old? Why is my hair so gray? Where did those wrinkles come from? Are those, what are those things growing on me? Right? Why are there, is their hair growing out of my ears? Why would God design me that way? I don't understand it. Right, We look at our imperfections, we look at all of the things that we are as human beings in this fallen world that we live in with our fallen nature and we emphasize them sometimes to the point of absurdity when we should be backing off and saying deeper, larger, more important questions about ourselves. We should be asking ourselves, Am I going to reflect the glory of God today? Is, are people going to see Christ in me, or are they going to see the hairs growing out of my ears? You know, nobody really notices until they get like a foot and a half long. So now don't worry too much about that, right? But we notice all that stuff. And we take a look at ourselves, and we even judge ourselves by those things, by those imperfections. And you're just, you're just not perfect, honey. I'm sorry. Nobody is. We all have these issues that we have to deal with. That's life. And But we should be looking at the deeper part of who we really are while we really reflect the Lord's glory in this world. By the way, it's Communion Sunday, and at the end of this message, we're taking Communion. So if you don't have one of these, go get one. All right? I'll give you ten seconds. All right, time's up. All right. So adding shape to the formless, God added shape to the formless. He looked at the earth and said, it's not done yet. It was out form and it was. And I'm repeating myself, I know, but I'm trying to catch people up, trying to keep you up. Just to remind you. God looked at the earth and said, there's still work to be done here. And so he spoke into the existence of this formless formless planet that he had created, and he made things, spoke things into existence that would enhance the planet. The animals, the, the, uh, the uh, um, trees of the, of the forest, so on and so forth, all of this stuff. And then on the sixth day he said, let's make man in our own image. So, how do we take this formless world, this fallen world that God has placed us in, that we now live in, and not because of God, but because of man's own inability to trust God, obey God, and live according to God's law, And that's the problem, that's fallen, that's nature, it's affected the whole planet in case you haven't noticed. And it affects us too. So how do we take this transformation, this need to fill the formlessness, the void, with something of value, something of God value? That's the big question. That's the question for our lives, that's the question for how we live our lives, that's the question for how we, where we go and what we do, it's a question for how we speak, and that's the main point of this message today. So t- take a look at these things, it takes purposeful action. What did God say? What did God say? What did God put us here for? Why are we here? What are we about? How do I go about this? What is the purpose that God placed me here? It's to, if it's to add form to the formlessness, then how do I do that? If it's to fill the void, how do I do that? And the world will offer you all kinds of things to fill the void, and they all stink. They're all destructive, they are not godly, and they do not reflect the glory of God, and therefore diminish your glory in how God has called you to live. Does that put sin in perspective a little bit? It takes away from the glory God created you to be. If you're going to reflect the glory of God, then you've got to say no to all of the things that detract from that glory and start embracing the things, the truth that God has placed you here for. And isn't that the question that Satan tempted Eve with? Did God really say, is this God's truth? Is this God's way? Is this what God wants for you? The big question Do I really have to do this? Do I really have to go there? Do I really have to obey the Lord? Do I really have to? Well, no, you don't have to. That's the point. You don't have to. Eve didn't have to. She had a choice, right? Adam didn't have to. They had a choice. And that free will has been messing us up forever. And it's time for us to surrender that will to the perfect will of God and say, yes, Lord, to the things He's called us to do, the things he's called, places He's called us to be, and who He's called us to be, to reflect His glory in this darkness around us. So you have to have a vision for improvement. What needs improvement in my life? Man, that list gets long, doesn't it? Just, whew. Understanding the issues. What are the real issues of my heart and of my life? Why do I act the way I act? Why do I say the things that I say? Why do I do the things that I do? We're going to talk about that. Looking beyond what is. This is what is. And we get real comfortable in settling into saying, you know, I I don't really understand it, but this is my life. This is my life. It's like living on Gilligan's Island. This is it. I'm drinking out of a coconut shell forever. Why would we settle for that? Now, they always tried to get off the island, and I don't know why I'm talking about Gilligan's Island. It's not in my notes, but sometimes things come out of my mouth that are in my head that I don't understand either, so just hang with me. They They tried to get off the island, but everything always went wrong, right? And that's the way we look at life sometimes, we get stranded on this island of this is my life, welcome to it, it's not very nice, it's not very good, it's not what I ever intended it to be, and this is where I'm stuck, and it's not. And you keep trying to find ways to get off, you put messages in the bottle and the little little enemies, you know, the people show up to kind of say, oh, these guys are going to get us off the island, and they never did. And so you're looking for other people to help you along the way, and you never really get the right person at the right time in the right place because real change in your life requires real commitment and real purpose and a real sense of direction. Real change in your life is hard. It just is. And addressing the sins of your heart, the issues of your heart, the issues of your mind, how you think and where you're going and what you say, those things really count and they are really hard to change. Thank God that He has given us His Spirit and His Word to speak to us, to speak life into us, to speak joy into our hearts, to help us to stand in the darkest times of our lives and stand for Him. We are not alone in this. The real change that needs to happen, you cannot do on your own. You really need the body of Christ. You need the people of the church. You need Christ Himself. You need to be blood washed and you need to be filled with His Spirit. Amen. Filled with His Spirit. Because your spirit is fallen. But God raises it up and helps us reflect His glory. Prayerfully consider what you can be. What you can be. I mean, really, be realistic. I hate to tell you that. But I, I talk to people all the time and they have these kind of wacky ideas of how wonderful life should be and how, you know, they're, they're all living on... Uh, Drugs or something. I I don't understand. You know, be realistic. God didn't call you to be a beauty queen. Sorry. God didn't call you to be some macho guy that's going to conquer whatever. God didn't call you to. He just didn't. You just need to be realistic. Keep within the gifts and the abilities that God gave you, but He's given you gifts and abilities. Use them. Better your life. Bring the chaos into order. Bring the chaos into order. All right, adding shape to the formulas. Life is a battle against chaos. Haven't you noticed? It never stops, it never goes away, it never gets better. It never just really, you know, the world is chaotic. It's just constant mess. How do we live above that? We live above that in the grace of God. Sin is man's rebellion against God. It's just just what it is. So, whatever in your heart and in your life that you're just really struggling with, you're really just rebelling against what God has said and what God has called you to and where God wants you to go. And you're just pushing against God, saying, God, I really love you, but I don't want to obey you fully. Now, that's it in a nutshell, folks. That's it in a nutshell. I don't really, I really love you, Lord. I really want to go to heaven. I really want to stand in your presence. I really want you to answer my prayers. I really need you to be the Lord of my life, but not totally Lord. And that's what sin is in our lives. It's that reminder of the fallen nature, the rebellion against God that really is still there in all of us. Just say it. I'm I'm a rebellious person. I just am. I just am. I just am. Ask anybody who ever had to teach me, anybody any of my poor teachers, those poor people. I hope they're in heaven now, because they deserve it. Because I'm a, I'm a rebellious child, I still am. I still like saying no more than I like saying yes. And so do you. I just want to say, okay God, I, I love you, but here, and here I come, and I'm going to serve you, and I'm going to follow you, and then I get up from here and go do my own thing. That's why it's really important, by the way, that you start every day with that confession. I'm a sinner saved by grace. God, I need so much grace. God, how I need so much grace. Every day, rebellion is the nature of man in this fallen state. And God is calling us out of that. And he calls us to it constantly. Calling us to follow, calling us to believe, calling us to trust, calling us to hope, calling us to smile when we'd rather frown, calling us to sing when we'd rather scream. Calling us. He's calling us up to reflect his glory. Sin is the fallen nature of humanity. And sin keeps chaos alive in your life. Keeps the chaos alive in your life. I'm struggling here, I'm struggling there. Everybody's struggling somewhere. But if you give in to the chaos, you'll continue to struggle. If you continue to rebel, you'll continue to struggle. You'll continue in the chaos. And God wants to help you. That's why He came to redeem us, to seek and to save that which is lost, to send His Spirit to fill our hearts and our lives with power from above. Remember Acts chapter 1? You will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you will be my witnesses. That's it. You will reflect my glory in this world. You will be my witnesses. Sin keeps the chaos alive in our our lives. The Holy Spirit helps us overcome sin and conquer it in our lives so that we can reflect His glory. And, And order is brought by God's creative power. Not yours. You're not nearly smart enough. Sorry to be that honest with you. You're not nearly smart enough. You can't overcome the world and the sin of this world on your own. You just can't. Because you don't even know what it is unless you know the Lord. You can't understand its full impact and its power unless you have struggled against it for so long and finally surrendered your will to the will of the Father and said, Lord, I cannot overcome this on my own. If you have not reached that point in your life, get ready, you will. You will. And you'll either give in to all of the sin and all of the chaos in your life and just say, I'm going to go with it. I'm going to stay on the island. I'm just going to, this is my life now. Or you're going to surrender to the will of the Father and you're just going to say, okay, God, all of me, all in, all for you because I cannot do this without you. And when you reach that point, you'll start seeing victories that you couldn't even imagine right now. God adds shape to the formlessness in our own hearts and in our own lives, first and foremost. Okay, Psalm chapter 74. Do not let the op- oppressed repeat in disgrace- retreat in disgrace. <laughs> Sorry, I forgot my glasses. <laughs> That's better. <laughs> Do not let the oppressed retreat in disgrace. May the power and needy praise your name. Rise up, O God, and defend your cause. Remember how fools mock you all day long. Do not ignore the clamor of your adversaries, the uproar of your enemies, which rises continually. Rises continually. What is it? Clamor. Fools mock the Creator. That's what they do. That's just what they do. Everybody around you that doesn't understand the fullness of the nature and the glory of God and who He is and what He wants to do in their lives and hasn't surrendered to that is mocking their Creator. And every day you don't surrender your life completely and totally to Him and say, God, this day I I give myself to you, the day you stop reflecting His glory, you're one of them instead of one of His. You will stop reflecting His glory. You need to start reflecting His glory in all that you do. Because order requires structure. Again, let me say that if you've not signed up and you're not going to the boundaries class, you need to. It's a great class. If you don't have the book or you can't be here on Wednesday, pick up the book and read it. You can get them online now, too. I have books here on my computer. You want me to read them to you? No, I didn't think so. He says to the Lord, look, defend your cause. Defend your cause. We say that passage of Scripture over and over and over and over and over and over again. We all know it by heart, for God so loved the world that he gave His only begotten Son, His only unique Son, to to save us. This is His cause. You are His cause. You're why He came. You're why He's still here in the presence of His Spirit. You're it. You're His cause. Defend your cause, O God. And if you ever think God's just given up on me and I can't feel his presence or I don't know what's going on in my life, God's defending his cause. That's you. He's trying to help you. He's trying to reach you. He's, he's given so much He gave us his son to wash away all of our sins so we don't have to live there anymore. And then he sent us the power of his presence and the form of his spirit to radically change us from the inside out. And we surrender to the world. What is wrong with us? We should be standing in victory, dancing on the hillsides, declaring the glory of God to everyone who will listen to us. Because we are the child of God, the redeemed of the Lord. The righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. He is our hope and He is our glory and we stand with Him side by side victorious over this sin in our lives. He's defending His cause. The oppressed. The church is oppressed. Christians are oppressed. The world hates us and if it doesn't hate us it's because we're too much like them. We should hate us. Because we represent, reflect the glory of God. If there's anything the enemy hates, it's the glory of God. Because the enemy can't stand in God's glory, can't stand to be around it, can't stand to be near it, because it is so powerful, so amazing, that it shines on his ugly, hideous, sinful, fallen form, and reminds him, that he once stood with the Lord in all of his glory as his greatest heavenly creation Lucifer was that and he lost all of that and traded it all for what he is today it's pathetic and it's sad why would we want that? why would I side with that instead of with the Lord of glory? Why would I want that? Why do I allow the world to take me down that trail again? Why do I fall off that edge again? Why do I struggle every day with the same old junk? This is all the introduction, by the way. I'm gonna start moving along. God's enemies are noisy, have you noticed? They just keep talking clamor, clamor, I love that word, the clamoring, the clamoring, it's like this constant noise, 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 like the Grinch, just constant, shut up, don't you just want to scream sometimes, just shut up. I just, I just get so tired of all the noise. That's why I go on silent prayer retreats. That's why I get up at 5 o'clock in the morning because there's no noise in my house and I can really hear God then. And some of you need to start some of that same practice in your own lives. If you don't get away from the noise, you cannot hear the, the voice of the Lord. Ouch! That was really a sad amen. Thank you. All right, so let's talk about your tongue. We need to get this in place, okay? So here we go. The tongue has the power of life and death, and those who love it will eat its fruit. Proverbs. The tongue has the power of life and death. You say things that you should not allot. You should have to talk for a living. You, you have no idea some of the things that I've said in my life that I just think, where in the world did that come from? I'm going to talk about that too. Let's talk about words of death or the tongue of death. If the power of the tongue is to bring life or to bring death, then we need to make sure that we have surrendered our tongues, our mouth, our words to the Lord. And it's not easy. It's the hardest thing that you will ever do. And that's not me saying that. That's what Scripture says. It's like the rudder of the ship that has the ability to turn that ship wherever it will go. That's what the New Testament tells us. And when you speak words, and you have the ability to speak either life or death, when you speak life, it's life-giving. When you speak death, it's death-giving. When you speak life into yourself, you can give yourself life. Married couples, if you speak life into your spouse, watch what happens. Somebody say amen. Speak life. When you speak life into your children, life happens. Speak death into them, death happens. The words of death diminish the glory, they diminish the glory, they strip it away, they cover it up, they, they cause it not to shine, it's like oxidation on a silver piece, you ever have beautiful silver, we have silver in our home that Jenny got from her mom and, and we have to clean that stuff so we never use it, Right? Have you ever tried to polish all the silver in your house? You know, the serving pots and all that stuff. And we, we just never use it because it's too much trouble. So they make this amazing stuff called stainless steel that really is shiny all the time. And all you do is wash it in the dishwasher and you're good to go and it never needs to be polished. It's amazing. You're not that. You're silver. And when we speak words that, require, that polish us, we reflect the glory we shine. When we speak words of death, we diminish that glory. And we don't shine. We become oxidized. And it's not pretty. When we raise each other up by encouraging one another and blessing one another with what we say, good things happen. When we're constantly biting at each other, even and I hate to say this because I do this too, even in a joking way, Even when we're just, oh, I didn't mean that, I'm just joking. I'm going to talk about that in just a second. Speaking truth is life-giving. Speak truth of God's Word into yourself and to other people. The tongue has the power of life and death, and those who love it will eat of its fruit. Words of life, praise exalts. Praise just exalts. You praise one another, you say good job, thank you, I love you, you're you're special, you're important, you're valuable, you're wonderful, you're amazing, I don't know how you do all that. Watch people shine. When I stand up here and say you are made in the image of God, you reflect his glory, you're the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, doesn't something in you just click on? It does, doesn't it? All of a sudden you go, yeah, I forgot that. We need to exalt one another and you need to exalt yourself. The words you say to yourself are sometimes so destructive. And what it really tells you is what you really believe. And what you really believe is probably what someone else taught you or told you and not God. And there's the difference. Speak to raise the glory in one another. Speak to help each other shine. Speak so that people will understand and know that they're created in God's image and they are designed to reflect His glory. When you speak, good things happen. A couple other scriptures. Proverbs 17, 27. The one who has knowledge uses words with restraint and whoever has understanding is even-tempered. Proverbs thirteen three. Those who guard their lips... Preserve their lives, but those who speak rashly will come to ruin. Man, I hate it when Scripture hits me that hard, right? Just That's why some of you don't read the Bible as much as you want to. You just go, oh, I just didn't take that knife out of my heart again. It's God saying, look, you can do this. But you've got to want to. You've got to want to. Me and my house, we will serve the Lord. But if serving the Lord seems undesirable to you, then choose for yourself this day whom you will serve, whether the gods of your ancestors served beyond the Euphrates or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you are living. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. That's your decision. That's your choice. That's your choice. The gods of this world, the gods of this nature, the gods of all of the people around us, or the God. I'm serving the Lord. And I'm going to speak what he's called me to speak. And I'm going to go where he calls me to go. And I'm going to do the things he's called me to do. And if you want your heart, if you want your words to be right, then you've got to get your heart right. And this is the point. Matthew 13, 34. You brood of vipers. This is Jesus talking. You brood of vipers. How can you who are evil say anything good? For the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. And this gets to the real point of the matter, doesn't it? You say, you know, I've said to myself a thousand times, why did I say that? Where did that come from? Right here. Right here. Why is that? Why do I? Because my heart's not right. My heart's not right. And neither is yours. If life and death are in the power of our words or in the, and it comes from our tongues, then life or death is either in our hearts or there isn't any other choice. And God's saying to us, I've given you life and the ability to speak words of life. It means you've got to get rid of the death. So fill up your heart with life. How do I do that? How do you do that? Start by turning off the death messages you keep listening to. Somebody asked me, well, yes, Jenny asked me yesterday, did you hear about this, this, and this, and this going on in the news? And I said, no. What? I, I don't listen to that. I don't want to hear that. I'm tired of it. It doesn't have any place in my life anymore. I'm weary of this world, and I should be. I'm weary of the death messages that I keep hearing. I'm weary of the glory of God being not part of my life. I'm tuning that stuff out. You say, oh, you won't know what's going on. I know what's going on. I just explained it all to you. The world has fallen. And it's a mess out there. That's why I'm hanging on with both hands to the Jesus who gives me life. And asking him to fill me with his spirit fresh and new every day so that my heart is filled with life, not death. Clean out your heart. Start. Start making choices that say, My heart's a mess. And if you don't believe your heart's a mess, you're not paying attention. You're not really looking very deep. It's the hardest part to fix, it's the hardest part to change. But you gotta start because it won't fix itself. And God's given us his amazing word to help us, to teach us, to guide us, to help us understand. Start opening it. Every day, read his word. Every day. Get into it. Every day, get on your knees and pray. Every day, lift up your hands and praise. Every day, honor him with your life and worship him. Every day, offer your heart and life to Him again. Like the psalmist said, Create in me a pure heart, O God, that I might not sin against you. Make that your daily prayer and watch what God does. And to be honest with you, it's going to hurt. Be honest with you, when you open your heart up to God and you reveal your God, give God all access, He's going to take it and He's going to fix it. It's going to hurt. Because we love those things so much. I'd much rather be sarcastic. I'm really good at it, by the way. I have a gift. Don't everybody shout amen. <laughs> I, I get it. I was talking to somebody the other day, and, they, and they, we were talking about my nose was bleeding. Wow. I must really be fired up. Bursting vessels. Bursting vessels. Listen to what Proverbs 22.11 says. One who loves a pure heart and one who speaks with grace will have the king for a friend. is a great verse? One who loves a pure heart and who speaks with grace will have the king for a friend. Why do I keep pointing you to Proverbs and Proverbs wisdom? Stuff like this. You're not going to hear this in the world. You're not going to hear this anywhere but in God's Word. Get into it and stay in it. Get to it. Get to the work. Stop hiding. God already knows what's in your heart. And you reveal it all the time. It shows. The only one you're kidding is yourself. So stop lying to yourself. Just be honest. Here I am, Lord. Here I am. Forgive me. Forgive me. Forgive me. That's where it all starts. I repent of my ways. I repent of my brokenness. I repent. God, I just repent. How I need your help today, this day I need your help. How I need you to fill me with your presence again this day so that I can serve you. How I need you to help me so that I can reflect the glory of God and bring out the glory of God in others by how I talk to them and how I love them and how I care for them. You've got to allow God access. He'll take it. Be honest with yourself. Be honest with yourself. You're a mess. Nobody said amen? You're a mess. When you stand in the presence of a holy God, isn't it amazingly humbling when He says, I've come to help you, I've come to meet with you, and you go... Okay, thanks God. What? It's the most humbling experience I ever have. It's just that moment when God shows up and I'm sitting in His presence and it just blows my mind that He's there because I know that I'm not good, but He's come to help me be good. I know that I am struggling and He's come to heal me. I know that I am broken and He's come to put me back together. It's an amazing thing that God so loved the world that He came to us, and He still does. The goal of this command is love, which comes from a pure heart and a good conscience and a sincere faith. A pure heart, good conscience, and a sincere faith. Don't think they work backwards either. You see, if you have a pure heart and you have a good conscience and you're standing before the Lord and saying, you know, God, I'm thanks. You're with me today. You are with me yesterday. I'm counting on you again today. I'm walking with you every day. That brings us to sincere faith. Just that simple sincerity. God is good all the time. And that brings us to this amazing opportunity that we have to remember what it's all about. That God so loved that He gave His only Son, who died on a cross for me, for you. Not so that we could stay in our sin. Not so that we could wallow around and feel sorry for ourselves. Not that we could pick, lay down and just say, God, I, I've come far enough. Not so we could stay on our island. Not so that we could stay in our tarnished selves. But so that we could be washed again, redeemed again, daily cleansed by His presence, forgiven one more time, standing in grace one more day, filled with his spirit just for now, so that I can walk after him and reflect his glory. First Corinthians chapter 11, verses 24 through 26, say this: "This is my body which is for you." Do this in remembrance of me. Do this in remembrance of me. Let's take the bread together in our hands. This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Let's bow our heads in prayer. Father, thank you for your amazing grace and for the sacrifice. You came to redeem us and to find us. We surrender to that again today. We surrender to that again today. We are in so much need of that grace one more time. We come to confess our sins. Forgive us again. We're sorry that we're not measuring up. We really are. We really want to. Help us, O Lord. Meet us here in this place. Begin the work in our hearts so that we can be transformed, we can be renewed, we can be refreshed, so we can reflect your glory in the darkness that is around us. Help us, Lord, one more time. Forgive us again. And help us remember that because you gave your life for us, we can stand in this world and not be overcome by it. We can shine in the darkness and the world can see Christ in us. This is our calling. This is our purpose. And this is our commitment to shine for you. Let's partake of the bread together. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup. Saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. Forever eats this bread and drinks this cup. You proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Let's bow our heads in prayer. Thank you for the blood of Jesus. Thank you. Thank you. thank you we don't deserve it we can barely understand it thank you thank you for finding us and washing us thank you thank you for the righteousness that you've given us thank you thank you for the peace of knowing you that though the world may cave in around us we will stand we will because you are our Redeemer and there is no greater gift and there is no greater calling and there is no greater purpose in all the earth in all of heaven than to reflect your glory and we do that all because of the grace that you've shown and the blood that was shed. Thank you. Let's partake of the cup together. And now, Lord, use us for your glory in the darkness around us. Help us shine. Next week I'm going to talk about speaking truth to a world of lies. We've got a lot of work to do. Let's shine for the Lord this week. God bless you.
0: Thanks, Pastor John. Um, As we're singing this last song, what I'm going to be thinking about is, are these words true for me? And if they aren't, how can I make them so? Please stand. of them but I mean don't buy them all before Adam and I get there because we really want some (laughs) have a good week everybody